Hey, what up, Long Beach? Vroom, vroom. It is Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach week here in our city. Obviously, this is our show, What Up Long Beach, bringing you everything from our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large each and every week. It is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. And we are the 562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I am Mike Gardabasio, and that partnership with the Long Beach Post features so much more than just sports coverage. We will be bringing you wall-to-wall Grand Prix coverage for them this week, obviously, but we are also still covering education stories. Tyler uh, couldn't be with us today, did a great story about uh, some C-SPAN documentary award winners in the LBUSD, and uh, I've also got a story coming out on uh, labor negotiations between the district and its two unions. We've talked about that a couple of times on the show, uh, and that story is ongoing as well. Before we dive into race weekend, wanted to shout out, obviously, our main sponsor, Naples Rib Company, helping us for so long. We were actually doing a, uh, a little blast Long Beach down at Reed High School today, and, and one of the kids who was asking questions about, you know, what it takes to be a sports journalist and stuff like that said, hey, hey, aren't you the rib guys? Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> I wish we were, Mike. I wish people just came up to us and thought of us as sports rib guys, because yeah. when they do, it feels right. It feels my, really uh, right. As, as a longtime listener to the show, now my wife is a teacher in the district and her kids, uh, when they find out uh, the kids in our class who know who we are, when they find out that she's married to me, that's uh, a frequent. The number one question is like, so you guys eat Naples Rib Company every night? She's like, no, uh, <laughs> Uh, they sponsor the website. We cannot afford to eat at Naples Room Company seven nights a week. Thank you. But appreciate the, <laughs> appreciate the confidence of the youth, as always. <laughs> Along with Naples Room Company, obviously, if you get on the website right now, you've seen a lot of stories that we're releasing about local, uh, local people, businesses, groups. Uh, alumni of schools, all that put together have been sponsoring our schools and their sports teams and all that stuff. So please get involved sponsoring local sports coverage and journalism here in Long Beach at the 562.org. There is a subscribe button at the top of the page. You just go ahead and smash that thing and it'll take care of itself. Now, obviously, like we said, it is race weekend is going to take over the downtown streets. One of the coolest looking sporting events in the world. Full stop. And I think that's where we need to start. I think there's been a lot of talk over the last few years about the Grand Prix and what it does for the city, how much money it costs, what it costs, blah, 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 all of those things. And I think Mike and I have gone through uh, every version of how to feel about the Grand Prix at, over our lifetime. Like Mike grew up here. There's a certain feeling from the people of Long Beach of the way they feel about the race. I came to Long Beach. So as soon as I heard it, I like didn't believe it. I didn't think that that was even possible. And then I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, right. When we started covering it as sports journalists, it was very exciting. And then quickly it became a thing that like really taxed us. And now that we're doing uh, more of our own stuff, we're able to kind of dive in when we want to and, and really get it done. And that's what we're doing this week with a column, a preview, this podcast. We're going to have photo galleries all week. We're going to be doing the uh, coverage of the qualifying and the race for IndyCar. So even if you can't get there, you can get to the 562.org and feel like you are trackside, which I think is probably the coolest part of the whole experience is the track and the background and the way that our fair city looks on television every year. But I think that's kind of what we want to talk about is the overarching feel about the Grand Prix here in Long Beach and the way that it being back in April feels normal again, Mike, because when COVID moved that thing to September and it ended up being the last race of the season last year for IndyCar, it didn't feel right. But now 
in April. The weather's going to be beautiful, Mike. It's going to be awesome out there trackside uh, this weekend because it kind of always is. You know what I mean? Very few times in your life can you look at something and say, this is the best version of that happening anywhere in the world right now. And when IndyCar comes to Long Beach, that's the case. Yeah, it's a special weekend for sure. And and to your point about um, the changing attitudes about the race, you know, for sure. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people in Long Beach who are not, who are actively not Grand Prix fans. Um, my friend Sonny had a post on Twitter about uh, people from Long Beach do not bleep with the Grand Prix. He screenshot the tweet and put it up on Instagram and it was like, like, like blew up. Right. And I, I get all that. Like, if especially if you live down there, the parking and everything, but what I tell everybody is I became a Grand Prix fan the first time I got to be trackside like JJ was talking about. The first time you get to actually see up close what all is happening, I think, and, you know, we get through the media ride-alongs too, which that, that certainly helped for me. You see the cars going on TV and they don't really look like they're going that fast. When you're in the car, and JJ's been in the car car, I've been in like the media ride-along car that goes like 120. JJ's gone 200. It's pretty fast. Yep. <laughs> It's a very different view of Long Beach. So um, I enjoy it. I will admit that two Grand Prix in six or seven months, like we're doing right now, that's a little hot and heavy for me, for sure. I'm glad to be back on schedule, like JJ said, with the normalcy. Um, but it, it's just a nice moment to feel like um, you can look forward to things and plan things again a little bit, like with confidence. Uh, Long Beach recently signed an extension with the Grand Prix through 2026, uh, and, or 2028, excuse me. And I think we all feel like, yeah, 2028, that's a year that will happen. And things will probably happen predictably between now and then, which obviously the last two and a half years, we very much didn't feel that way. So it's nice to have that kind of normalcy back. And I'm just looking forward to, it was fun having it in September where the series champion was crowned. Um, but I'm looking forward to being able to, uh, you know, get into like just the regular sports conversation of like, who's going to win? Is Colton Herta going to repeat? Is one of the, you know, there's a lot yeah. of former champions of Long Beach who will be racing. Um, are one of them going to come back and win it? So I, that, that's what I'm excited about. Um, you know, I, and I, I hear people on the parking and all that stuff, man. I, we, we used to go for Friday and Saturday and kind of spend the whole weekend down there. And I'm I, personally, I'm a lot more about just the race at this point, but I do still really love that race on Sunday. It is. It is amazing. And to those people who live in Long Beach and don't like the Grand Prix, I get it. I get it. But I think I said this a while ago, uh, and I think it was about the marathon. Long Beach is a big city. I know we like to treat it like a small town and we treat right. each other like we live in a small town. But with big cities come big city issues and, and, and situations. And uh, having events in a big city is kind of what makes it that so sometimes the parking is difficult. Yes, that is part of living in a big city. And when you have a big city and you have these big events, you have to be you have to be willing to accept it. You know what I mean? We're talking about 200,000 people coming to this race. 200,000. That helps a lot of other things you don't see. You know what I mean? That helps a lot of things in the city that uh, that that maybe is not in your periphery and doesn't affect your parking spot this weekend, but it, uh, it it's important. It's, it's important to the city. It's important for exposure, I guess, is the best way of phrasing that. Well, th and that's actually, I think you hit on, you know, you and I were talking off air. I was going to write a column about this. And ultimately, we just have kind of too much stuff going on for me to land the plane. But the Long Beach that I grew up in um, was so in the shadow of L.A. that anytime we were on TV for something other than a murder, it was like the greatest thing ever. Right. 
we were all so excited. It was amazing. Um, I still love seeing Long Beach get its flowers, but I think especially if you live downtown, you no longer feel like Long Beach is like underrated. You now feel like, oh, all of these investment firms are building luxury condos on my house. <laughs> and so, you know, you're maybe starting to feel like, and I have this feeling uh, out here in the burbs, like maybe we've gotten a little too much exposure. All of a sudden, my friends can't afford to live in the neighborhoods that they grew up in. You know, like I have friends who like me, like it took my wife and I 13 years to save up to buy in the zip code that we grew up in. So I, I wonder, Jay, if that's part of it, too, if people are like, I don't want anyone else knowing about Long Beach. It's already people from L.A. and Orange County coming and kicking me out of my freaking apartment. Like, you know, and I do think that has changed enormously because in 1996, if we were on if we were on NBC, like I said, and it wasn't for like a gang shooting or like some sort of a crime report on the local news, it was a huge deal because it never happened ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, the genie's out of that bottle as it pertains to oh, you're uh, right. keeping, you're right. keeping and that's Long hard. Beach a secret. Yeah. No, sure. no, no more, no more secrets here, but yeah, your, your column about the normalcy, Mike was really interesting. And, and I think, uh, I think people don't understand the different ways in which you can take advantage of this thing, have a party at your house and turn it on the, on, turn it on the television, like just seeing Long Beach on TV and the way they shoot it and the crane shots and the, and the flyovers and all that stuff is just really, really nice, uh, to see, uh, to see our place look so cool and Friday's free guys. It's been the case, but I feel still I still feel like a lot of people forget that they're like, I don't go down there. It's so expensive, blah, blah, blah. Friday is free. You've got super drift, like drifting, like Tokyo drift. You know what I'm talking about. You've got right. Porsche cup cars. You've got uh, like sports cars. You've got the stadium trucks. You've got the historic looking cars and obviously IndyCar. All of that stuff runs on Friday. You can just go all day Friday and not pay a single dollar and see all of those things. And if you want to pay money, there's all the restaurants down there that are open. Obviously, the vendors are open. They open up some of the paddock stuff so that you can see the cars off the track as well. Get up close and personal. They've got the lifestyle expo. They've got the food trucks. Like all of that stuff put together, it's kind of like an amusement park where you get to watch people put together and then ride their own roller coasters. Yeah, I, that's a that's a perfect way of describing it for sure. And like I said, that was where I really came to appreciate the Grand Prix was just sort of hanging out and seeing all the work that goes into that stuff. Um, it's a lot, but, too, dude. It is a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's like even it, it, it's interesting. Like I said, we show up on Sunday and really enjoy the race. But, you know, the qualifying on Saturday is arguably a bigger deal, given how little um, passing there tends to be in Long Beach. But one other wrinkle I wanted to bring up is, um, have you had a bunch of friends get into uh, Formula One, JJ, since that Netflix uh, documentary came out about more, Formula One? More than I had before, that's for sure. Yeah, because I had zero and now I have like 15 or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to bring up and I was thinking, uh, you know, maybe next year, it, it's been a little too hot and heavy for us to get on it this year, but it might be fun. Like, you know, this was a formula, when it was founded, it was a Formula One race for the first yep. like eight years that it existed. Um, and so I, that's kind of crazy to, uh, you know, imagine cars. I mean, they were, they were going, uh, significantly Much faster. Well, they weren't driving the formula one cars. Now I think the average speed was like in the low nineties or something. Oh um, yeah. I'm saying the formula one cars right now go faster than yeah, the oh, yes, cars. yes, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and at the, but at the time when formula one was first here, they also were just racing down the street. I mean, yes. that's like, like the old time journalists who are around then they're like, no, you could walk out of a bar on pine. 
and there would be a race car coming like you're standing on the sidewalk and there's a race car coming by you. Like, the f1 <laughs> the f1 being in long beach is why it got referred to as the monte carlo of, right. of of you know america was because that is the same situation when they do the uh monte carlo grand prix well because and it's it's funny because if you look at indycar you know it's internationalized recently but obviously um the andretti's and the and the uncers had their runs during the um the kart series and everything but if you look at the flags next to the race winners during the formula one right it's switzerland america yeah. canada argentina brazil australia i don't even know what this oh austria um, and <laughs> england right like it just it, it it had that formula one feel and I'd, I'd be really interested in trying to track down some old footage and and maybe you know us throwing together a little doc on that or something next year because i think it's really cool next year would be the 40th anniversary of uh formula one leaving uh, 1983 was the last time they ran and no shade on IndyCar whatsoever, but I do think it's interesting that American sports fans suddenly are into formula one because it's on Netflix, basically, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but, I, but I think that Netflix show does a great job of capturing what's enjoyable about racing. It doesn't really come through on the televised race, but it's the personalities and those rivalries. And if you feel sometimes like the NFL or Major League Baseball or an NBA are a little bit sterilized, right? Like it's a little bit PRE. Go hang out with some racers for a couple of days. They are not that way at all. Guys and will I, walk into a press conference room and be like, "He's a cheater." Yeah, <laughs> and, and I want and I want more of that from IndyCar. Yeah, there, there's sure. been a little taste of it here or there. There was a couple of years ago. There was a pretty big crash, and uh, you know, part of it was a team against another team, and, and then there was some tra- guys there was are some ready drama. to fight. Yeah. That's one of the mo- the uh, most hits we've ever gotten on a post uh, post race press conference video. That's for sure. People oh, yeah. <laughs> walked to see that thing. So yeah, I, I'd say even more of that. More rivalries. Build those rivalries, and and that kind of leads us perfectly into the preview of this year's race. Um, you know, IndyCar in a great situation right now with a bit of a youth movement going on. There is a, there's a bunch of older drivers. I want to say, I don't want to say old because you know older. That's, older. that's not nice. Yeah. But yeah. there are there are veteran drivers who. Uh, <laughs> A couple of them who have won <laughs> twice, guys like uh, Alexander Rossi uh, and Will Power. And then there's other guys who, you know, have also won on these streets that names you will recognize, right? Elio Castroneves, Takumo Sato, Scott Dixon, Simon Pagano. These guys have already won on these streets. They are, uh, you know, right drivers who have gone to other series and then come back and all that stuff. But then last year was, like like Mike mentioned, uh, Colton Huerta, that's a youth movement guy. Kid's 21 yeah. years old, yeah. started in 14th place last year, uh, and uh, and still won the thing. And it's his home track. It's his home race. He learned to love racing by watching his dad race here in Long Beach. So that's just like a special story, right? And then you've got Pato Award, who's also really young, um, who's, who's an up-and-comer. You know what I mean? And then obviously all, the, all these guys that are really young, you want to know more about them as people not just about them as drivers. So I feel like this little, this few stretch of years, obviously last year and then into the next few years is really important for IndyCar that these young guys get some wins. They need to get yeah. some wins. There need to be some, some clips of them, you know, dealing with celebrity. And I think that will lead to more stuff like Alex Palu, the guy who won the championship last year, that dude's got a great personality, great personality. He had a fantastic press conference after that victory. I oh, haven't the seen whole, it. the whole room fell in love with him during right? the press conference. I sure. haven't seen anything from that guy since then. And I'm I'm not on message boards. I'm not searching for stuff, obviously, but I'm also genuinely aware of sports. Yeah. 
So I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more zhuzh to the to these uh, to these rivalries, to these team rivalries, to stuff like that. It's almost like people are a little bit too friendly in IndyCar, and I don't want them to be mean. I like the community of IndyCar. They are going 200 miles an hour, so it would be nice if they cared about each other because yes. this, this thing could get physically they need, they ugly. Need, yes, they need they to need care that. about each other. Yeah. But, uh, but, but I believe it was three years ago, uh, Andretti was driving up Pine. If you know the course pretty well, you go up Pine right by the, uh, right by the convention center and Old Dubliner and, uh, and the Nike outlet and all that stuff. And then you take a right and you go down the back stretch that nobody really drives on. Well, somebody cut him off and he gave him the classic fingers up, hands clenched. He gave him, Ita- the, he gave him the Italian, how dare you, right? <laughs> and we loved it. Yeah. That we put it on, we put the picture on our Twitter account. People were retweeting it. They were like, that's that's what driving in Long Beach feels like every day. Now he knows, <laughs> like all those jokes and stuff. We need more of that, man. The the, the, the IndyCar series needs a little bit more zhuzh, and, and we're here for it, honestly. Well, and hopefully we'll be, uh, you know, given that to people, I'm definitely planning my coverage to be a little bit more personality-driven and, and kind of bring people those stories. So um, it's never boring. Very excited to see how it plays out. Uh, A lot of talented, one of the more talented fields we've seen just in terms of the number of people who've won the race. Um, So very, very, very excited to see that. And as mentioned in the column, and as we've talked about with normalcy and everything, just nice to be at an event and not really be stressed. You know, I mean, it's nice to be able to be going to something and not worried about, oh, what, what do I need to bring? And, you know, what are the mandates for this place versus this place? And, oh, I'm going to have to listen to someone yelling at some poor door checker or whatever. You know, it just kind of feels like the sun is out and it's it's warming up. Maybe going to be a little too warm, actually, in the next couple of days. Um, but, no you know, such just, thing, Mike. Man, it's a 97 on Thursday. is too warm, dude. Too, Give it too to warm, me. Too, too Give it to me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, can't wait. I'm excited. Can't wait to, uh, to be hanging out at uh, downtown with you and Tyler and, you know, soaking in the race, enjoying it. All right. We're coming to you on Thursday from the media luncheon. We are at the corner of Shoreline Village Drive and Shoreline Drive about to talk to former race winner and veteran driver Simon Pagino. Uh, you know, just talk a little bit about what makes this race and this race weekend different from all the other ones you guys have during your season? Different, uh, it's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite because I love California. My wife is from here. And uh, it's also the first place I, uh, I raced in the US. It's the first track I, I got to race on in 2006. There's always a, a nice feeling. I've had great success here. Um, and I love the track. You know, it's funny, but this track to me, I'm not saying that because you guys are here, but uh, it's, got a, it's like music. There's a rhythm to a racetrack. And this track to me has a, a rhythm that flows for me as a person, and uh, I enjoy it very much. Is that uh, is that to do with the shape of it? Must the be. texture of the road? Yeah. Or I, I honestly can't tell you what it is. I yeah. just know that when I'm in the race car, it's got that. Um, I've got that feeling about flow. You know, my flow is really good, and I don't have to overwork it. And it's always fast, and it's uh, it's, uh, it's it's enjoyable. It feels. You know, champions always say. Um, that their best performance, they didn't really, it was effortless. And that's how it feels to me to drive around this place. So it's, uh, it's quite enjoyable. It's a different feel. Mike also caught up with Grand Prix Association of Long Beach President and CEO Jim McCallion, a guy who has seen it all at the Grand Prix. You know, expectations for the race. You've seen the whole history, obviously. So, you know, what do you think about the field and 
and the youth movement and, and what fans are, uh, you know, got to look forward to on Sunday? Well, I think it's really important that we're reestablishing our traditional date in, yeah. in April. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of people reorienting themselves back to coming to Long Beach, April, spring break, vacations, families. Yeah. All of those things are wrapped around the idea that the Grand Prix is an event that you can bring the whole family to. Yeah. There's activities on track for a variety of different types of series, off track, music, expos, all, kid zone, a variety of things off track too. But most important of all, you know, Long Beach is a destination. Long Beach is someplace where people want to come to. Yeah. And that's why our promoting this as the Acro Grand Prix of Long Beach resonates well. And so far, the trends yeah. are looking like we're going to get back to where we were pre-pandemic, which is 2018, 2019 times yeah. the numbers. And if we can, why? Right. Then, you know, the event is back. Yeah. A couple, back. a couple months ago, you know, last surge and everything, did you think that was going to be the case? Or did you think this was going to be a little bit of a limp along again? You what, know? what bothered us the most was the removal of the vaccination proof requirement outdoors for mega events yeah, yeah, yeah but it retained indoors for mega events and the problem for us the challenge for us was that we are a hybrid right probably you've got every kind of event, event right only <laughs> event that nobody had thought about to yeah. say well so how are you going to conduct that when you have both components right and so what we had to do is formulate a plan for trying to identify vax proof people into the convention center and it wouldn't work physically yeah. you know you couldn't queue up the people you didn't yeah. have the testing sites you didn't have anything yeah. so what we were intending to do if they hadn't waived that requirement is we were going to go back out on the at the main entry points and test everybody yeah at, require an uh, you know vaccination wow. proof yeah. or do that whole thing all over again right. and that was going to be really difficult for us so on april 1st when the city along with the state removed yeah. the mandate for indoor mega events that changed the whole picture. What was your reaction when you got there? Uh, I'll tell you what. I, there was a big smile on my face. <laughs> Only be, and, and, and primarily yeah. because now you invite people and you say, don't worry about right. it. Okay? Just come. Just come enjoy bring your kids. Yourself. Don't right. worry about what the kids have, how old That's they right. are, what the right. That's okay. it. Okay. So that was a big deal. That's going to do it for this episode of What Up Long Beach. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors, obviously including Naples Rib Company and Long Beach Post for being a partner on this show. Make sure you follow all of our Grand Prix of Long Beach coverage at the562.org as well as everything else Long Beach sports. And I know we say it every week, but we really mean it this time. We'll see you in the stands, Long Beach. Take care.